Welcome to the Sunset Community Church Podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. Good morning. Man, we thank our praise and worship team. I tell you that those, uh, those strings at the end, they just always just do something to me. Right? I remember in scripture when, when, uh, when Saul was going through through what he was going through, his turmoil, David had to come in and just play an instrument, and, then, and that instrument start to do something to his heart, amen? So I just thank you just for that, you know, and, and, and just thinking of how the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. We are a people that should be praising God, amen? Amen, because if we don't praise him, who are we going to pray? praise? Anybody want to um, dive at that? If we don't praise him, who we gonna praise? Us, come on, come on, come on. And, and yes, that is a mistake, amen? Amen, so I've been privileged to be able to share from God's word this morning um, as we've been walking through the series of questions. Let me pull out this clicker, amen? Amen. Is there anything to be excited for this morning? Ooh, we. Amen. Amen. Huh? What's that? What's that, Sheila? Yes. Come on. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sobering moment. Sobering moment. Thank you, Sheila, for sharing that. A sobering moment, right? To calm me, to, to, to uh, line myself up with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right? What happens when a church loses its purpose? A church loses its purpose. See, by nature, we are individualistic people, self-seeking people. So when we lose our purpose, what happens is we do not be the church. We just become these self-seeking people, a gathering of self-seeking people. And while I don't believe that the church has lost its purpose, I do believe, my opinion, that the Big C Church has been led astray by their own ideology by their own thoughts, by their own ways. Christ has become a passenger instead of the driver in today's church. But thanks be to God that he is so rich in his mercy that he always brings us back. Right? Matthew 16 states that he is that he will build his church. So while I'm caught off guard and looking at what I see in my own opinion, there is hope because God will build it. Hebrew 12, 22, verse 2, excuse me, says that he is the author and the finisher. There is hope. See, over the past few weeks, we have been going through a series of questions 
And as I pondered and looked at the questions that were sent to me, I was drawn to the question, what is the role of the church or the purpose of the church, should I say? I was drawn to that, why? Because I actually posed the question too. Because <laughs> like I said, I've been a little bit, uh, uh, been processing this been processing this as I do believe that God has placed me to lead a church as plant a church so I've been processing this for a while as I'm asking the Lord what would this look like for me as you use me when you think of what is the purpose of the church, what comes to your mind? Pop it out, popcorn it. Discipleship. Family. Love God, love people. Two more. Where my youngsters at? Oh my gosh, a lot, oh. Mouse give, mouse, what you think? This is my guy right here. Miles, what you think? Come on. Lead people to the Lord. Hey, Amen. Those are all good things. Correct things, should I say. Not just good, but correct things. But as I've been processing this and looking at this, and I ask that question myself, I look at the church and one thing that come to mind is, again, this is my opinion, but I feel that the church has become a country club. A country club. I believe we have lost the mark of recognizing that, yes, someone said family. While we are family, we are also part of a kingdom. And what God began to show me is we have led so much with the family atmosphere that we have huddled up and held it very close to where outsiders cannot get in and maybe this is not you or maybe it is but we'll just let that sit God has called us to live within a kingdom under the governance of God the king and recruiting citizens to fellowship calling the lost to be called back to receive their citizenship. If I had to title this message, I will call it A Coming King, A Kingdom Coming. To see God as king, It's where he pressed me at 
he whispered loudly to me. A king, the king has came and the king will be coming back. I went old school and print my papers out this morning. Some of us have silenced our voice and left the call of redemption to a fallen world to the hands of someone else. When God partners with us, his people. So what is the purpose of the church is the question that we will be answering today. And for us to answer that, it don't start with us, it must start with God. So we're actually going to see what is God's mission for his creation. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 61. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 today. And I want us to actually read this together, whether if you got it in your lap or you can see it on the screen, it can, it can be great just to say it out loud in unison. Amen? I'm going to walk through every verse anyway, right? But I want to make sure that we're here. Let's start. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the prison. No. No, I'm reading all my paper and I should be reading off here. My bad. It don't matter, though. We can all read it. Right. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. To grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of glass instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. generations. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, 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 King of kings, Lord of lords, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Help us. Help me to deliver your word. Father, soften my heart even so right now. Give me ears to hear even so right now. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. 
may you bless us by bringing forth the fruit of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we enter into the book of of Isaiah in chapter 61. But before chapter 61, there was 60 other um, um, chapters, right? So what was happening that led up to this great announcement, right? What has happened through these first 60 chapters, there has been an announcement of judgment due to Israel not caring for the poor, the needy, they rebelled and didn't commit to following God's ways to pursue social and economic justice. It was beautiful when I heard Andrew sharing, I almost said, man, he's, he's up there preaching right there. We can almost leave. Instead of them being set apart to live underneath God's governance within his kingdom, they live underneath their own. So God gave them over to be held captive by first the Babylonians and then the Assyrians. To be disciplined. And they came back broken, hopeless, in need of an identity, held captive, and came back broken, hopeless, in need of an identity. As I see this, I see and I look at this and I'm like, wow, this is the world we live in today. Captivity is leaving us broken hopeless, lacking an identity. The worldly things, what we crave and desire, all it gives us is brokenness, a false identity, hopelessness. But also intertwined with this judgment was a proclamation of hope. In a king that will bring hope, the suffering servant. And then around chapter 40, things shift and captivity is over and they return home. Should be an announcement of hope. But again, the captivity left them hopelessness. They came back feeling actually ignored by God due to their captivity, it has caused them to lose faith. Then God sets them straight, but still they are rebellious. So God says, okay, scrap that. Now I will do a new thing. And this new thing is to fulfill his own mission. He will now fulfill his mission so that we may live according to his ways. And that's where we land at in Isaiah 61. 
the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Why? To bring good news. What we see here is the Godhead at work, right? For the spirit, the heart of God, the mind of God is upon me, which is Jesus. Because the Lord, the ruler, the sovereign king, as we talked last week, we talked about a sovereign God, right? A king. He has anointed me to bring good news. Jesus. And if you don't believe me, here it is in Luke 4. A parallel of that prophecy being told. And here in Luke 4, Jesus hits the scene and now it is being fulfilled. Let's read this together. We're doing a lot of reading together. Amen. Amen. Let's read it out loud. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The synagogue were fixed on him and he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I want us to get that. I want us to get that. And I'm gonna give us a little nutshell because I don't wanna wait to the end. Why? Because the spirit of the God of God is upon you. And now let me get back to my notes. This is a parallel of Isaiah. And in verse 21, we see that it says the scripture has been fulfilled. The servant that was spoken of long ago is present. Left this throne took on flesh to do what we couldn't do to give us citizenship. This has been fulfilled. Now back to Isaiah. So Jesus here, the spirit is upon him, anointed, to bring good news. This word anointed means appointed, to be set apart, to be prepared for a service, a preparation that came from the king itself, the sovereign Lord. And he has given him authority. This is a plan that's been orchestrated from the beginning. And what we see here is the unity of the Godhead. If we are to live on mission, we must see ourselves living in unity. In unity. 
but not just unity with the Spirit, unity within one another. Because there is something in you that God's want to issue out to his world that I can't do. We must be Holy Spirit filled, walking in the same authority that was given to Christ, lacking nothing, and prepared for everything. Lacking nothing, which means we are prepared for everything. God's mission lived out in unity. We're getting ready to shift now to dig into what this mission looked like. And what we're going to see is God is beginning to identify some folks because what happens, sometimes the world brings pressure and it begins to give us a false sense of identity. They are identified by their life circumstances. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted has become many people's identity. Poor has become many people's identity. Locked away in chains have become many folks' identity. Good news to the poor. This word poor doesn't mean a lack of resources, but it means the humble, the low. The low. These are the people that God is going to. The people who has been held captive, slaves who have a lack of hope. There is good news. See, this spoke loudly to the people of its day because back in his time, the king used to send his people and they used to stand on a high ground and shout good news. But here what we see is a flip-flop of that. This good news is not coming from the people. It's coming from God himself. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful God we serve. So Jesus is on a move with authority, but under authority. He is sent to bind up the brokenhearted. I said earlier that this fits many people in our neighborhoods, in our own family, maybe many people in here.
What are we doing when we see the brokenhearted? Do we stop? Do we bring good news? Or do we give them another false sense of a fake identity? It says that we are to comfort them, to proclaim liberty. Why? Because the sovereign Lord is near to those who are broken. His mission is to proclaim, to bring, and provide a call to ignite one's faith. See, this is still the language of the New Testament, just shown in a different lens. See, people are lacking faith because we are not sharing the good news. Or let me not put it on us. They are not hearing the good news. We are to be a people that yell from the top, freedom, freedom, freedom. Why? Because we serve the God of freedom. The story of Harriet Tubman is a beautiful story of what it looks like for someone to use their freedom, their life to bring others out. I mean, she got free. She could have just left and went on and lived her life. Catch that. She got free. She could have went on and lived her life and waited for her um, time to see the Father in its fullness. Which I believe that some of us may have that desire. Like, Lord, I'm so tired of being down here. Just take me. But no, God has left us. Why? To be the voice. To be the one in the wilderness shouting, freedom, freedom, freedom. He brings hope to those being taken control of. Those who are suffering by the hands of systems. Those who mourn, there is hope. Why? Because the time of the Lord's favor has come. The year of the Lord's favor is now. See, in the Old Testament, they have something that's called jubilee. And when it come, it was so beautiful because they were being forgiven for their sins. If they had debt, it was being forgiven. God was giving us just a a view of what was to come. And he says, the year of the Lord's favor is now. Do we believe that? Have we received that? To comfort all who mourn. That was what God was doing. 
And that is what he's doing today through us. Excuse me. That came out weird. (laughs) Verse 3. To grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes. What we finna see here is a beautiful exchange. An exchange of one's identity. This is what he does. These ashes represent a time of despair, a time of captivity, and now you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. He crowns them with beauty instead of ashes. He crowns them, a crown upon their head that they receive. We were singing that last song, and I began to ponder on those words. It's your breath in our lungs. We were made in the image of God. The value that he put in us. And that's what he's doing with this crown. He's dropping a value on his people. The oil, which is used for celebration, exchanging a false identity, a broken identity, an identity that breaks people to one that builds. Rooted in Jesus, no longer brokenhearted, no longer mourning, God's mission. God's mission. It says, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, identity. Oaks. Big, hefty, tall tree. Rooted. The root grows wide. He said, this is what he is doing. Planted by the Lord. The root is wide because it is God, the planter, planting it. That he may be glorified. Righteousness, oaks of righteousness. Talked about earlier about how the children of Israel just couldn't live up to it. Just couldn't live up to it. So God came and did what we couldn't do. Gave us right standing, right relationship so that we may be able to do what he caused, caused and called 
us to do. The beauty of this is it is a, uh, 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 um, from this rooting, from this planting, what we see is something that just moves and do its own thing. It is grace. And it is built on Jesus himself. This is the good news we are to proclaim. To get one's life right with Christ, the one who can plant you and grow you into an oak tree. And again, like I said earlier, I wanted us to continue to say, read these verses, for the spirit of the Lord God is upon you. You. You know, we were wrapping up on Wednesday night, and I'm sitting there with one of the ladies, and I guess they had a, a good conversation. I'm not going to say the name because I didn't ask them. Uh, but she came up to me and she said, hey, uh, can I present a question still? I said, oh, man, that's over. I said, what's the question? She said, what happens when you die if you don't believe in God, believe in Christ? And I stopped and I pondered. I said, you answer that. Because I knew that it was something going on within her heart. And she paused. And she says that they go to hell. I say yes. But, there's a but, there is hope. Because your friends are here. But what I also did begin to call out the heart of God that is upon her heart. Because she began to weep at 12 years old. I said, Lord, this is what it means to be on mission to be broken because you were broken when you seen your creation. So he planted us to be in right relationship. And then he called us as we're wrapping up in verse four to rebuild, to raise up and to repair. See, I like this passage because this is the passage that the Lord uh, given me, one of the passages that he's given me when I begin to uh, form all in. It stands for all invested in neighborhoods. Because I see that our neighborhoods need to be repaired. Rebuild. Renewed is the language, the verse that I liked. Well, 
the version that I like to use. See, the people of Israel came back to their home and it was devastated. It was devastated. It was no more. And what God said, now that I have planted you, now I need you to go back and rebuild your neighborhood, your community. See, it's not enough that we sit here and be comfortable and say that my salvation is secure in Jesus because it truly is if you believe. Because it has nothing to do with us. But if what is in the inside is true, we will go rebuild, renew, and restore. And we go through our moments, our times, our, our sometimes we on and sometimes we off. But are we rebuilding, renewing, restore? This is the call of the church. Jesus was clear that he came not to be served, but to serve others. He said that it is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I have not come for the righteous, but the sinners, the humble ones, those who are poor. And we walk by him every day. You know, I was in a store on Friday from work grabbing something, and I had a, uh, I'm sitting in line. There's, there's no line because it's just not situated like that at the paint store. And so I'm in the store, I'm in the store, and then this lady walk in behind me. She sees me there. And the guy from the front said, hey, who's next? She immediately just stepped in front of me and said, hey, I am, I need this and I need that. And I looked over, I paused, I said, Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> and I paused and I let her get her order in. But I said, you know what? This hurts. I said, excuse me, ma'am, did you not see me here? She said, no, I didn't see you. I said, well, ma'am, that hurts for me to be standing right next to you and you do not see me. She must have to do her own thing. She had another ultimatum. She had another mission that she was on, which is okay. But how many people are we standing next to who are broken and we just act like we don't see them? Why? Because we have an agenda to get to. Father God, help us. See, we are caught up in the American dreams trying to make a buck when God has called us to engage our neighborhoods. We are caught up in keeping our circle comfortable when God has called us to open up the door and let everybody come in. Especially those who are weak. 
Because if you guys are a little bit like me, I don't see them because sometimes I have an agenda of what I'm trying to get if this person come in, especially while I'm trying to build on mission. That is sad, but Lord, he helps me. Do you believe that your life is a fulfillment of this passage? Let's not make it about our own righteousness, church. But let us live out the fullness of a righteousness that is rooted in Christ Jesus. He knows what you need. See, in this passage, look what he did to the children of Israel. He made them righteous. He said he will make them righteous. And then he also said, I'm going to build up your town. He took care of them. It reminds me of in Acts where it says, Lord, are you coming back to uh, to uplift the kingdom of Israel? One of the disciples said. He said, no, now it's not the time, but you are to be a martyr. That's what time it is. Are we ready to move? Like I said, Andrew, he, he, he set it up for me. There's a new season coming. I even wore my new season clothes. <laughs> but there's a new season. A season that is full of holidays where we invite our special people. Some of y'all may just only invite certain family members. Because, like, I'm not trying to deal with that family member. But is God trying to deal with them? Can he be using you to deal with him? I'm out of my notes. (laughs) So let me begin to wrap up. Church. Are we living in God's mission? It is an individual choice that you need to make so that we can walk. How can one walk together if they not agree? And please don't take this as I'm damning the church. But I am challenging us. Right now in this moment, this is not about the big C church. This is about us. Chael, it's about you. My youngsters, I tell you, we have a beautiful opportunity with this after-school program. As I've been watching these kids come, Friday we was here and something went on that shouldn't have went on. But that's part of it when we're dealing with broken people. But let us move. 
because the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. You can bring the team up. He has anointed you to preach good news. Let us stand on our feet. I want to pray us out real quick. But before we pray out, I want us to lock hands. Lock, lock, lock arms, I mean, not hands, lock arms. Right? It's so beautiful to see my guy up here on a guitar using his gift. Hey, man, can I come lock arms with, with, with my folks up here? Let's lock arms. Right? Because this is who we are. We are, we are to be a locked arm um, 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 kingdom going forward, kingdom moving forward, all of authority, full of authority, taking over. For the kingdom of God is here, is near at hand, is before us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, Father, that you are you are, Father, that you came, Lord, to finish what you started all the way from the beginning in Genesis. And while we sit in time, Lord, you are out of time, Lord, and for you it is completed, Father. So teach us how to trust that what you have, what you have called is true and that it is working for your good which should be our good. Help us. Thank you for helping us. See, sometimes we just got to change our prayers to, to, to thank you because, because he's already given it. He's, he's already prepared to thank you, Lord. Can you join me in saying thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He's already given it to us. He's already prepared us. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. To love God, love people, to love our city. Amen. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name. And the saints join me in saying, Amen. You've been listening to sermon audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.